This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. It's the weekly show here on the Blue Room, and we are on YouTube again this week. For those of you who are listening, if you want to watch us, if you want to see our beautiful faces, and there are some beautiful faces on the show this week, as I'm sure anyone watching can see. Um, Adam Sutton, who Rob Vera commented on how handsome he is before the show even started. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. Um, flattering, to be fair. But to be fair, with like these videos, it like flips it. So, like, my nose is really bent on that side. So, <laughs> after the show, once it's recorded, I won't look as handsome, Rob, unfortunately. So, just don't watch it. Well, now that I know it's not completely symmetrical, I'm, I <laughs> feel like I've been I feel like I've uh, been hoodwinked somehow. So, yeah. Not my I'll get fault. over it. I, I'd just like to point out, though, that Adam is, unlike me, who has got definite neck beard coming in and a little bit in way more of the gray growing in my unkempt beard that Adam, Adam has really kept up with his, his uh, grooming here. I'm pretty impressed by it so far. Do you know what? I had a haircut and beard trim the day before lockdown. Mm, so okay. That's why I've been on the blue room more in the past week or so, because <laughs> <laughs> the less I'll be appearing, I imagine. See, this is when see the way I look at it is that this is finally my time to shine because I they're going to be some weird haircuts or some weird ha- looking hairstyles by the time this is all over if people can't get out to get their haircut and taken care of and I think people were referring to the idea that there may be a lot of barnets uh, that that end up being part of the equation at some point but I'm bald uh, so my hair does grow it just doesn't grow in every part of my head so luckily 
luckily I've got I've got electric uh, shaver or clippers to be able to take care of myself. But you guys are gonna look like uh, like freaks by the end of this. It's gonna be awesome. Well, Ryan Reynolds joins us as well. And uh, Ryan, we spoke yesterday on Subs Weekly with Dave Downey, who's grown a beard, and Farrell has dyed her hair pink. Um, have you got any particular fashion trends you're gonna try out while you're in isolation? I'm going to struggle with this whole beard thing. I don't know. You can't really tell, but I'm such a patchy beard grower. It's absolutely disgraceful. It just looks like really rotten bum fluff for me. And I'm just noticing I'm receding too. I'm starting to look a bit like Rob up top. So <laughs> things are getting really grim for me. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to last. <laughs> uh, wait, till, wait till you're a father, man. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure that'll help. It'll help your hairline. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to I'm just looking forward to seeing how slowly Matt recedes now that he's married. So it's going to be a watch in progress, this one. Look at all that hair. There's no way Matt's losing. Like, he's got he's got 60 more years to lose hair. He's fine. <laughs> he's got way way more than anyone needs. I think not having everything um, around at the moment is definitely helping that process. I'm sure it's not full and all sorts of stress and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, but before we get into talking about some football-related topics and that kind of stuff, um, how is everyone? Uh, Ryan, this is the first time. You've been on one of these shows with us, um, and we were sort of talking to the WhatsApp group earlier this week about how, you know, we're all having a bit of a rubbish time at the moment, but my word, it's been a bad year for Aussies, hasn't it? Yeah, it hasn't been the greatest year between the bushfires and the coronavirus. It's been a really weird start to the season. I mean, who would have thought that a couple of months ago when I was complaining about not being able to breathe because of the smoke, I would have taken that rather than not being able to breathe because of the coronaviruses. <laughs> <laughs> There's something that likes attacking the lungs down here for us. So um, we're getting through it. I think we lost 80,000 jobs in one day the other day, and they reckon it's going to go up another 200,000 in the next couple of days as well. So bracing for the worst, but making the most of it while it lasts. It seems as though over there as well the you know, from following the, the few Australian journalists that are, that I'm sort of in tune with on Twitter, that maybe they've been a bit slow to sort of implement the measures that we have over here in Europe, and you know, you know, certainly in, in, in Central Europe, obviously we've been a bit far behind in, in this country as well. But I was watching on BT Sports the other day that there's delay league fixtures that were being played. You know, you, you've been covering sports that have been going on still as well. Um, What's sort of the, your, your thought process behind it all? Is it a, a case of I can't believe these sorts of things are, are still going ahead? Well, you know what the Aussie culture is sort of like. We're very relaxed with a lot of things, and it's a, a bit of should be right, mate, attitude until it all started to hit the fan the other day. So we had a full round of NRL, um, a full opening round of the Australian Football League. Mind you, they were played you know, behind empty stadiums, and then... The A-League only just finished the other day. Um, we had NBL, the Basketball League as well, playing their playoffs. So basically all sport was trying to go for as long as possible. I think people have started to come to the realisation now that everyone's being dickheads about it all and it's time to really start to to, to lock ourselves away and, and be a lot smarter with what we're doing. And I think it's starting to hit home now. The messaging from the government's been like, do not go outside. Um, and it's, I think people are finally starting to to learn that. So hopefully now we start to see it drop away a little bit. But you know what people are like. They'll still find an excuse to go out even when they're told not to. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'll bring this on to you, Adam, as well. Um, you know, I, I live quite close to, to Sefton Park and I've been out for one allowed allocated a bit of exercise today. And um, even with these messages going around about, you know, it's supposed to be in a gathering with two or more people or, or that sort of thing, it's sort of a bit like 
people are on the school holidays and taking the kids to the park and that sort of stuff. And I don't know if it's the same by by you. And obviously, I'll, I'll come to you, Rob, after this as well. But it feels very much as though some people still aren't taking this these messages on board. I think that probably the weather's the worst thing that could have happened to us actually, because with it being so like sunny, everyone's kind of just thought, oh well, everyone's off work, we've got nothing to do, let's go and make use of this exercise you're allowed to do. And and I think it was the other day about 400 cars were recorded up at um, one of the Welsh mountains or something, and everyone's going for a walk. Like it's fair enough using your, your one exercise. Don't know slot to go and find somewhere to actually go for a walk but if everyone goes to the same place for a walk it kind of defeats the point actually but yeah it's strange to be fair I've been trying to save it until save it until I've been trying to wait until the evening mm. and then when it's a lot quieter and stuff I went for a walk around like the village I lived in yesterday and it's just it's quite eerie actually it's strange but yeah if everyone goes out at the same time it does feel like a summer holiday come early and um, what about you, Rob? How, how are you coping with it all? I mean, I'm not entirely sure what the, the measures that are there in, in the States in regards to, you know, going out and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but, but how are you coping with it all? Well, it's, you know, I think it's definitely a, a change in our lives that we're kind of processing slowly, if you will. Um, it's like a, it's a weird transition and, and, uh, it's not really a uh, book of revelation, like what's going on in Australia, apparently, you know, if you consider the, the if you consider this on top of the, the fires and everything else. But um, no, we're, I, I feel like we were probably about a week ahead of the UK in terms of them starting to really get the rules in place. Um, the, the problem with America is that it's hard to, you know, especially given who's running the federal government right now, it's it's hard to kind of establish rules that everyone will follow. So a lot of times it gets left to the states. And sometimes in the states, you have governors who are sort of like, well, let's leave it up to the cities. And so Oklahoma, like here in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City and Tulsa have been uh, pretty much on some form of, you know, enforced social distancing, restaurants and bars and places like that closed for about a week or so. Um, and now the rest of the state is beginning to have those rules placed on them. And, and you know, I the the, sen- the sense is, is that it's just going to like that the, you know, everyone talks about the curve and the, you know, the spike and all that, that it's just we're still a good two to three weeks away from the worst of it. So, um I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just doing my best right now to uh, to try to get through each day, focus on work, find things to do, but uh, and keep up with the news without over consuming the news. Because I think right now the the over consumption of the news can can really make you you pretty anxious. So I'm I'm trying to get outside. I, we could still go out. You know, it's just sort of like you know, so you keep away from people. Uh, you you. You, you probably pick your one or two times a day that it makes sense to go out and you, you just kind of figure it out. But on the bright side, uh, they have temporarily temporarily legalized uh, liquor and alcohol delivery here in Oklahoma City. <laughs> so that's a plus. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, silver linings. Have you taken advantage of that offer yet or not? It just they just announced it yesterday. So I can assure you that I will. I can assure you that I will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I'll, just on the, the the sport and void in general that we're all sort of going through at the moment as well um, you know all, all of us here have got interest in sports other than football and you know we spoke a, a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows about how we sort of cope with that and whether it's you know at what point it would, it would hit us I think a, a week or so ago we were saying that we're all 
we're all fine for now. We're all getting by for now. But Ryan, I don't know about you. Are you are you, are you feeling that that void in your life? Yeah, is it starting to open up, or are you you're quite content without it all for now? My life feels so empty right now. It actually, <laughs> it feels so pointless. It really does. There's nothing to watch on TV. I'm, I'm sick of Netflix. You just don't realise how big of a part sport plays in your life until you literally do not have it at all. And to the point where, like, you knock off, like I've been working from home, I'll knock off work and go, oh, I'll just put the TV on and, and sit down and watch something. And normally you'll find, even if it's like La Liga highlights or, you know, you'll just be flicking and find something. And now you're just like, I'm up to my 51st replay of Seinfeld. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I must admit, the first couple of days without sport was kind of therapeutic, but now I'm just bloody bored. It's shocking. Yeah. And I suppose for, for you, Adam, as well, you know, you, you play footy regularly as well. And, you know, that, that's, that's all been shut down as well. Is it? Are you starting to feel it yet? Um, to be fair, I still, I, I think I, I got injured in like October and I still haven't played since then um but on like the whatsapp group that the lads and the gaffer chairman and all that they've been going out the mind to be fair they've tried i think it was obviously just before i think it was just after the premier league got stopped we were still in limbo of whether our games were going to go ahead and then i think they've probably accelerated more now whereas they're ready to just null and void the season um and i think we might be in the bottom three actually so <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a good thing um yeah. but yeah, it's been strange. To be fair, even that though, like what the watching of footy is obviously same as Ryan. I'm just bored now. At first, I was a little bit like oh, stress free for a couple of weeks, but but now I just I just wanted to be back, win, lose or draw. But then even walking down and watching the lads play footy on a Saturday or on a Sunday, going to watch me mates play Sunday league, just having a skin full of ales on the Saturday and on the Sunday, just strolling down and, and seeing what's going on. Like that, that's the stuff that makes your weekend really. And them, yeah, missing it massively now. I think, you know, the only sport, Rob, I've seen in in the world who seems to just be pressing on as normal is the NFL. And, of course, at the moment, it's the off-season there and, you know, there's there's a while until the league actually starts, yeah. But, you know, everyone's just still making the signings. Everyone's still releasing players. Free agencies just Mm -hmm. sort of bubbling along. Is is there a a sense or has there been any any sort of official line from the, the NFL in regards to what's going on over there in the start of the season or...? Is it just going to be a case of let's let's cross this bridge when we come to it? Yeah, I don't think the NFL is like refusing to acknowledge reality. I think it's just that this is the time of uh, of the calendar where it's so transactional uh, that things can be done without being there in person. Uh, it, it'd be essentially NFL is going through a free agency period, much like a, a just imagine a summer transfer window where you didn't have to actually physically get the player there for a, you know, for a medical or in the case of Everton, like a four day medical or something like that. So you, uh, you know, you have like, you have this ability to just kind of keep transactions and player movement going on. Um, they've, they've announced that um, all NFL facilities for off season work and everything are closed down for, you know, to, you know, kind of TBD until, um, you know, more developments come. Uh, they haven't made the announcement about the season, but they don't really have to because it's, that doesn't start until September. So they've got, I think probably a couple months just to see how things play out uh, before they have to consider shifting things. But 
you know, when you start to see the Olympic, you know, you see the Olympics getting moved a year and, and other things, it, it, it's only a matter of time before it starts to creep up on on whether or not the NFL is going to have uh, its own issues. But I I tend to think or hope maybe that, that there will be some, uh, you know, some way of, of facilitating a, a season by the time we get to September combined with hopefully this virus abating a little bit by then. But um I think right now everyone's just kind of wait, you know, in a wait and see mode. But if you're going to be in a wait and see, mo- see mode, you might as well have player transactions. They're going to go ahead with the draft. Only the draft won't be, you know, the big spectacle with the big crowd like it normally is. It's just going to take place basically a, a webcam and a stage and you know a lot of skyping, I imagine. And uh, and you know, honestly, that's that's fine. I, but I will say uh, to echo what everyone else is saying. Um, at first, it was really nice to not have the the big ulcer in my gut called Everton for a few weeks, you know, like I started, I think my hair started growing back. I started feeling better about myself, um, you know, but, but then you start to miss it and you start to miss any live sport. I mean, especially when sports are supposed to be the distraction, it is supposed to be the thing that gets you away from the world. And right now, uh, it, the, the world, quote unquote, is, is inescapable. And so you really miss sports uh, at a time like this. And um, so I imagine by the end of all of this, we will probably appreciate sports in a different way. Um, but maybe uh, some of us will also uh, put sports in its proper perspective after this as well. I think we won't really know until after we get through this. Yeah, uh, that's that's absolutely right. I think it's going to be interesting to see how sports does sort of lead us back from this this pandemic. Um, one other thing I did want to mention is sort of bringing this round into Everton. Um, I don't know if all you guys have seen it. I'm sure you have. Uh, the club have been doing phone calls with um, some supporters and some of the, the vulnerable supporters um, that the, the club have got. Um, I'll come, come to you first on this one, Adam. Um, I absolutely have to say it was a great four minutes watching the phone call of Angelotti and the supporter. Um, and the, the best bit about it is the, the supporters' insistence on calling Mr. Ancelotti throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing to see. Like, and it's it's one of those other reasons where you think like it's so so glad to be a blue more than just supporting them on the pitch. It's it's a club which is as much as as Rob says feels like an ulcer in the stomach sometimes off the pitch and the way the club conducts themselves is just second to none and. People who just need a little bit of a pick me up. There's there's thousands of people affected in in just the UK. Never mind um, around the world. I don't know if my camera's gone off. Sorry. Sorry, mate. You still there? Um, <clears throat> like so many people affected in the UK and around the world, and just to have someone who's just another human being going through the same thing to to give you a call and and brighten up your day is is amazing. And I think the likes of Ancelotti and I've seen Holgate as well on a phone call to, to, to fans and stuff. And it's just amazing. It gives everyone a little bit of a smile on the face, whether it's you that receives a phone call or, as you say, just watching the video. Yeah, um, Ryan, have you got a call from Carlo Ancelotti all the way over there in Australia? I mean, first of all, would you? how long would it take you to actually believe it was him? And secondly, what would you say to him? It'd definitely, I'd definitely think it'd be one of my mates with a dodgy Italian accent pranking me, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so cool, though, isn't it, seeing those sort of things? And it sort of, um, you know, it, it hammers home that when people say we're all in this together and whatnot, but when you actually realise that these people that you sort of put on a pedestal in life, I guess, a little bit, you know, they, they, they've done so much more probably in life than you. They've earned more in a week than you'll earn in a lifetime. 
they've achieved so much, you know, on the world stage. And then to sort of get those call and it, it just makes it a bit more relatable to you. And, you know, I guess it sort of does hammer home that no matter how much you're worth, what you've done, where you are, we're all at the, at the moment going through the same things. And, um, you know, there's some people, we're pretty lucky that we're all 30s, relatively fit, you know, hopefully if we even did get coronavirus, I'll just see the smirk on Rob's face there for a moment. But, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, so I'm dead. So I'm like, yeah, face, you, you, you don't look it, it's fine. Frequently me, we're in our 30s, uh, Ryan, I think it's but like you know if you if you are if we do get this coronavirus odds are that it'll be a mild sort of version of it compared to other people um you know it, we're, we're pretty lucky in that sense so um yeah it's, it's just nice to see those sort of things happen and that, that the people are taking some time out of their own data to make the lives of other people who are battling serious illnesses and might get a very bad version of this yeah a little bit better yeah and i think rob it's when the club puts stuff like this out in normal circumstances, I think it's quite easy to to sort of say, you know, it's it's what you'd expect and, and that that sort of thing. But you know, in in these times, you know, we're in another WhatsApp group and we were sort of talking about it yesterday, and I saw our, our very own Mike Diasha say, sort of like, you know, that that was really good. That it was a really important thing to watch and a really you know something great that really perked me up. So I suppose you know, while in the past we used to look at it and just go, oh, you know, it could be a bit of fluff that the club do. And I imagine there would have been a lot of people getting up on Monday morning, feeling a bit, you know, poor about being isolated, maybe not feeling completely well, feeling a bit anxious. And those sorts of things do matter at this time, probably more than ever. Yeah, I, that's the thing about Everton. For all the jokes and the, you know, the Everton that line of humour that we all, you know, essentially feed on uh, for the last decade and a half or two decades or so. I mean, Everton, when it comes to off the pitch stuff like this, Everton always seems to lead in terms of doing the right things. And sometimes the right thing is not always these big, gigantic, grand gestures, uh, even though Everton in the city especially is great at that. But it's also doing the less publicized things, the quote, little things. Um, It's it's building personal relationships. It's reaching out to strangers uh, without having them contact the club first and say, you know, just to to check on the community, just to see how people are doing and to understand to, you know, to Ryan's point that that these are people who are, um, you know, on a pedestal or iconic to 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 everyday fans. And there is something really uplifting about the idea of getting a call from someone like that just to say, look, you matter. And I'm going to take some time out of my day uh, because the club, uh, the club cares. We care um, that that kind of that kind of interaction is priceless. Um, uh, I haven't gotten my call yet, but I probably don't need it as much as some other people do. Um, you know, if I could if I could wish for a call, it would you know, it would probably be from Calvert-Lewin. So I could tell him that I've always believed in him and always knew he was going to be an elite goal scorer. But, you know, I feel like we'll have that conversation at some point. Right, Matt? But the idea, though, in general, is you guys are absolutely right. Like Everton, all Everton always seem to lead when it comes to doing the right things, doing the big things, doing the little things, especially when those types of touches, especially in times like this, especially when we are so um, right now largely isolated. Um, it's going to be those little individual interactions that can have a big impact because even for those who don't get called, just seeing that kind of thing and, and, and having a few minutes out of your day where you're not thinking about the news and you're not thinking about the impacts of this on your personal reality and you can just focus on someone 
doing something generous for someone else in and in, in being associated with a club that you love so much, man, that's that's priceless. If you could pick anyone in the squad to get a call off, who would you go for? Yeah, I mean it. Because look, I speak. I speak. He speaks about as much English as I speak Spanish, probably. You know, maybe there's a bit of a, you know, difference there. But the bottom line is, is that Yerry Mina. I think I've referred to him as this, as he is literally human sunshine. It's impossible to talk to him or interact with him and not have a smile on your face. You have to admit, like it's going to keep him at this club and keep the scrutiny off of him a little bit longer. I think in some ways because the guy is just so lovable and friendly. Uh, and really, when you're going through something like this that's 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 who i would want to talk to that's just me personally but uh yeah that that would be mine what about you guys anyone in particular standouts i'd definitely be going jordan pickford i think we've got a a shared uh a shared enjoyment in getting absolutely blind drunk when we're not really (laughs) meant to so we've got a lot in common (laughs) so do you want to call off jordan pickford when he's drunk or when he's sober Oh, definitely drunk. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering if his arms are long enough to reach his wall. I don't know. Like I thought, to be fair, um, I think think I like to Theo Walcott would be a good conversation, just just in general, to be fair. I think with me, we were discussing with Paddy a couple of days ago, he's always spoken very well in the media and he comes across as just a genuinely nice bloke, actually. So, just having a chat with him about what he's been up to. The the, the jealousy I do hold of us, we're all in the same boat, but seeing some of their videos of houses and gardens and places where quarantine doesn't seem hard at all. Um, I think someone like Theo Walcott has give us, give us some good advice on home workouts and how to stay sane, basically. Yeah, I seen um, it was on the news earlier in the week about Tyson Fury giving like a positive message on his Twitter account. And he just said, "Yeah, I just had everyone bring the gym to my house and sort of set it up here." And it's sort of like, well, not everyone sort of got that luxury to be honest, uh, Tyson. You know, but I mean, have you have you guys been doing anything like that in terms? I know, I know over here, I don't know if Rob and Ryan have seen this, but there's a guy called Joe Wicks who's been doing um, YouTube live streams of PE lessons for the kids who are off school at the moment. Um, I know you've got your standing up desk, Rob, which keeps you in top top condition. But any of any any other home workouts you've been you've been looking at so far? Mm, not so far. I mean, that's I miss the gym a lot. I won't lie. Like right now, I'm, I'm most of my exercise consists of just going and taking long walks or whatever. I hate running. I think running is running is something that as humans we should have evolved away from doing unless absolutely necessary or requisite for a sport but um no i i i haven't yet though i think uh i along with others are going to have to start getting creative i've seen some people online who've started lifting really random household objects to kind of get some weight training in uh my wife has these little um she has some little uh dumbbells uh that are of course like uh, fluorescent colored pink and orange <laughs> and blue. And of course I will probably just start using them randomly, but uh, no, not yet. Um, I, I, I'm sure that I will go and up, go crazy enough, but what I really wish I had was like a, you know, a, an elliptical or a treadmill or something like that. Uh, but that's not so easy to, 
to to get. And even if you even if you can, uh, it's going to come in a box and that's going to force me to put something together. And that just seems exhausting already. So at that point, I'm tired and then I don't want to work out after I think about putting it together. And so that just defeats the whole purpose of it. But that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I don't know about you, Brian, and Adam, I've sort of flitted over the last few days between I'm going to use this time to get really, really good shape, do loads of press ups and sit ups in the, in the, you know, the, the flat and all that sort of stuff. And from going from that into oh, I might just get turned into a big fat bastard over these these next few months. <laughs> just I'm still I'm still not quite one or the other yet. I mean, what what sort of approach are you guys taking? I'm binging. That's that's where I'm at at the moment. By the, by the end of this, I'm going to be one. I'm going to be one of those fat people that get cut out of the side of the house, put on a crane, and onto a flatbed truck. <laughs> the the pantry is just close to my computer and there's too many good things in there and it's just been a slippery slippery slope and now i look at my body and i'm like it's wrecked anyway so i may as well just burn <laughs> through as many spots as i can so yeah. like said, there's no real need Gotta for a summer right. body now is there actually so it's oh. might as well just wait next year to be fair I've, I've not to yeah i did one this morning um so i've just been going on like facetime with me mate getting like a 20 minute workout up on um like youtube or something and then just doing it in the garden i've got like these old proper old rusty weights that they must be heavier just from rust alone because i'm struggling to pick them up but i've been uh doing yeah like 20 minutes half an hour a day just just because the weather one and two it's if i don't i don't feel as good as i would do anyway when i work out and stuff like that i think we'll all be in agreement there's there's not no better feeling than the endorphins flowing through you and stuff and it makes me feel a little bit more productive in in normal work or just a happier mood anyway so i've been trying as much as possible but i think the only reason why i haven't been eat, binge eating is because there's absolutely nothing in the fridge so um, <laughs> i'm scared to go to the shop actually i tried to order stuff online and yeah i need i need to go to the shop today because otherwise i, I will waste away like it's not a great idea we should get adam to do blue room workouts on our YouTube. <laughs> I will honestly. Hey, we need content, Matt. We need content right now. So there are no bad ideas. There are no yeah. bad ideas. I don't know about you guys. Like it's weird for me too because, and this is, seems counterintuitive. I've I've somehow managed to lose weight during this so far, um, despite the fact that I'm exercising less. And I, but I, I think I'm eating less too in a weird way, just because now I'm eating at home more. Uh, and therefore maybe I, because I'm cooking, it's probably better for me. And maybe because, uh, of that, I'm not snacking quite as much. I, I don't really know. I don't really know how this works. It could all just be because all my muscle, any muscle I had is turning to fat and that's lighter than muscle. And maybe that's why I'm losing weight. I have no idea, but yeah, I've got to, I got to come up with some ways to, to be more, to, to, to figure out like a, a decent workout uh, regimen as part of this whole thing. But, uh, you know, it, it, I think the, at this point though, the, the working out is just as much for your mental health as it is for your physical health on some levels. So, um, even if it's just getting outside and taking a walk, um, I think that just the fresh air and getting your body moving is probably a good thing, but I promise this is the last bit of, you know, preachy advice I will give on physical fitness. Uh, I certainly am not qualified to be doing it. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, then we'll move on and finish just bring the show to an end with some serious Everton chat, so to speak. Um, we're going to talk about Rob Beamer's favourite topic, and that is transfer rumours. And I think, I don't know if this is just sort of a, pro- a product of the fact that there is nothing 
else going on in terms of football and you know there's no sport to cover but there's been a bit of transfer rumours recently um, on Subs Weekly yesterday we spoke about the links to AC uh, Milan goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma and there's been more stories from Italy I believe it was on Tuesday morning linking Everton with moves for Napoli per Alan, the central midfielder and Carlo Koulibaly the centre-back um, I'll, I'll come to you first in this one Adam and then you know you guys just, just, just follow on um, I think it would probably be fair to say that Everton probably won't sign either of those players because they are world-class footballers, if not approaching world-class footballers. But I think for me, the, the profile of, of them both potentially raises a question in regards to what sort of player you think Everton will be looking at under Carlo Angelotti. They are both established. They'll both cost a lot of money. They're both in the late 20s. Is, is that the sort of play you imagine he'll be looking for? Or even with him potentially being here for the short-term inverted commas, to expect them to look towards younger players and, and lads who might might be able to grow at the football club. I think that's that's the the transfer model that Marcel Brands especially has tried to outline since he's been at the club. The only thing that and I, I don't think we will sign any of those three players, but I do think with how the players have been so susceptible to not having that leadership or not having someone to drag us out the mire when needed. Is it a good thing to maybe have to bring in a couple of, you could say, older heads, more experienced players who've been there, done that, to, to just be around the club at times, really, and be around the younger players and, and lift them up when, when times do get tough? So I don't think I'd be... I don't think I'd be unhappy to see those three players exactly, but I think there's definitely other players out there who may be a little bit younger, who may be a little bit more accessible from a a transfer fee point of view and and we could go for someone like that because he was I think I saw the other day there was a, a, an older player rumoured to, to be coming to Everton and was he a, a goalkeeper so, someone that, that had just been there done that essentially and I thought that'd be a really good idea for, for the club to maybe have a couple of those around because I know we have the likes of Seamus Coleman we have the likes of you know Leighton Baines and, and players who've, who've been at the club for years but what about people who've been there done that on a wider scale won everything there is to win the likes of Ancelotti and 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 who knows maybe a little bit something different could could propel us a little bit further up uh, yes yeah, yeah I, I I tend to agree there I, I think we do miss that sort of senior experienced leader someone that sort of really does command respect we've probably got a few in the dressing room like a Seamus Coleman that that it has it, you know has that respect as a player, but I mean he hasn't achieved anything, has he? So um, I, I I wouldn't be against us signing you know some sort of players that come in with a little bit of pedigree that might be at the back end of their of their career just for that reason only. Um, I'm really interested to see how uh, the coronavirus sort of plays in terms of the wealth of a lot of owners in football as well. Um, what the what the economy is going to do, and it's going to be interesting how that shapes the transfer market as well. If yeah. if some clubs are struggling, potentially player prices drop. Um, yeah. You know if our you know if our guys can stay wealthy, <laughs> if I had can keep his money, and other people aren't as fortunate, then then maybe we're in a in a position to to, to try and buy players from clubs where potentially previously we we may not have really had a chance. Um, so while I tend to agree that those guys that we've been linked with are, are probably pretty unrealistic, you just don't know what the next few months are going to hold. And by the time that the transfer window eventually comes around, the, I mean, the world could be a totally different place. 
from from what we're talking about now and, and football might be totally changing and there might be a power shift in in terms of some of the some of the clubs yeah i think i think ryan brings up a really good point that there are a lot of forces in play right now um that i don't think we'll fully understand the impact of until a little bit more time passes um but a big salute to the country of Italy who is going through an apocalypse and still managing to produce absolutely crap football transfer rumors um, at, a, at an alarming rate. Um, you know, that's a testament to their intestinal fortitude. And I'm, I'm really I have mad respect for that. Um, so but but to, to the to the point uh, on its face, I mean, I, you know, I, I have learned a lot over the last several years this note of um, simple formula, which is get a player of age who's pretty good and or ever been a captain, and then you assume, hey, there's a leader. We're importing a leader. Well, I was very wrong on that with uh, the import of Sigurdsson and Michael Keane and Williams, who I went way hard on uh, in on really getting a real leader. And now, like, I... I know what that that even is now. um but i do imagine that someone like carlo ancelotti does and i would um you know in terms of the whole profile thing i think one uh before carlo came spoken these sometimes semi-absolute profile of an everton player must be in terms of what we signed it's got to be between the two and 27 and must be this this and that but we've seen that there can be exceptions to that. And and my remit, which has been the same for a while, this upcoming summer, has been that Everton do not need quantity. They need quality in some very particular positions. Um, if you can get some leadership with that, then great. Um, but I, I, I'm, I would love to sign only young, up-and-coming, great players. But I also think that still, you know, barring... Leighton Baines and Sigurdsson and Pullman. This is still a pretty young side. Um, so I would like at least one signings this summer to not only be a difference maker at a key position, like in midfield, but someone who is uh, also, uh, you know, somewhat of a leader. Uh, maybe, I, I mean, look at my expectations. I'm already kind of qualifying, like somewhat of a leader. <laughs> um, and, and I think that that is not always easy. They're not always easy to to pry away from a club, but I think that that's going to be the real mission. Uh, for instance, Gareth Barry was not a vocal leader, but he accomplished a lot. He was older. He kind of quietly led, but he was also way past prime at the point. Not that he wasn't pretty good for us, but he was, you know, a, a you know mid mid thirties at that point. Like I would really like us to find someone, even if they are in their late twenties. You know, if you could get me a version of Gilfie Sigurdsson that was actually good and was actually a leader, then I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to be upset about the fact that he's 28 years old. Um, but but more than anything, I think a lot of the problems that we attribute to leadership and believing that they do exist would also be solved by signing some productive players in positions of desperate need. If you can do that. Then some of the other natural evolution of leadership is already occurring. I think Mason Holgate in, and Yari Mina and uh, you know even guys like uh, even guys like Richarlison to a degree. Like I think that it, and Calvert Lewin. I, th- I think these guys are developing uh, their own identity as leaders, but they just happen to be right now. Um, so you don't want to you don't want to 
arrest development, if you will, with those guys. But I think that I think that there is a way to kind of balance that approach of having a difference maker, but also, you know, someone who's a leader. It's just it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, feasible it is. And to Ryan's point, uh, this this market is anyone's guess in regards to what the financial landscape is going to look like. And and so, um, you know, if it was up to me and this is my last point, I, I would open the transfer window right now. You know, if it, now, again, you can't do it until the seasons yeah. are official called off but longer transfer window this this summer I, I will almost guarantee that i don't think there's any way that they can get not having a longer one and so because of that i think we're going to see uh, some unprecedented player movement and it'll be interesting to see how they can take advantage of that whilst kind of monitoring their own financial fair play implications yeah absolutely um just i think it's on the leadership thing i think it's really it's quite a hard balance to, to sort of strike because you get someone like Fabian Bell coming in and everyone sort of talks about him as being a potential leader for the football club and being that sort of influence. But I think what's important now when, when younger players are coming through and especially players who are increasingly headstrong when they get into the side is that they need to see leaders and not only someone who can shout and bellow and tell them about what they've done, but but lads who can still do it on the pitch as well. I mean, we were speaking on subs week yesterday about this in regards to Jordan Pickford and how he's potentially never had that that influence in his career, you know, up till this point. And, you know, Dave Downey made the, the comparison with Chesney, who was sort of going around in his career and not really doing much. You know, he was going to have unfulfilled potential. And then he goes to Juventus and he's got someone like Gianluigi Buffon working there with him who can, you know, tell him what to do and can sort of be an authority to him and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm uh, going to be interested to see how, how that all plays out. Uh, we are going to be doing more stuff on transfers as the weeks go on. Um, but yeah, we'll, Matt, Matt, we'll sort of call can it. I add one, can I add, hey, Matt, can I add one really quick point since you brought up Fabian Delph really fast? Yeah. Um, I would say, too, that as you guys are considering this concept of leadership, we've learned quickly that being a leader is not just being a guy that yells at people. Um, who happened to be on a team that won things. Um, it's about actually doing the right things on the pitch. And that's where Fabian Delph has failed as a leader. That's where Ashley Williams failed as a leader. Like that's, that to me is, is the thing. You can have a guy who's somewhat quieter um, and still be a good leader, um, but they have to kind of back it up with their play and doing the right things on the pitch. And I think what we've really been lacking uh, over the last several years. Yeah, totally agree with you there, mate. Um, but yeah, we w- will bring it to uh, an end there. Um, Ryan, Adam, any any grand plans for tonight um, in isolation? Cooking anything in particular? Or... Bed for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to dog oh, off oh, to bed. It's, it's nearly 1am here, so I'm doing oh. that. <laughs> uh, sweet dreams to you then, mate. Uh, Adam, Rob, anything going on in particular? Um, to be fair, I've got no plans. I'm going to use up my exercise token. I think maybe about <laughs> six, seven o'clock, go for a run. Um, as I said, I need to go to the shops and get some food. So going to go get me hazmat suits on and, and take a trip down to Tesco. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of Ryan. I'm going to finish guzzling this coffee and get started with my work day. And I've never been more excited to have work to do uh, because last week there was just so little going on. So uh, I'll have some work uh, and I'll probably be doing a, a virtual happy hour tonight uh, for a buddy of mine whose birthday it is. So, uh, yeah, um, that's that's pretty much my day. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening slash watching this if you're on YouTube. Uh, just a reminder, this podcast is sponsored by Pitch Sport, uh, who are still doing loads of great stuff over on their app. Uh, during these times as well you can interact with us on there you can pick 
Everton starting to 11, you can look back at the ratings throughout the season as well. Uh, you can watch the fan time videos they put out uh, consistently too. So do check them out as well. Uh, thanks very much to Ryan, to Adam, to Rob. Uh, that's been your weekly show here on the Blue Room. We will speak to you again very soon. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.